Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, hey. 
Welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. Y'all know Blog Talk was trying to get me. It's trying to get me today. I don't know what it's trying to give me a hard time, see? I was wondering what's they going don't on. Know. Hey, they don't know. We've been doing this for six years. It's already it's always a workaround to the workaround. <laughs> I'ma get what I want. I'ma get what I want. Y'all hear me? I'ma get it. <laughs> I'ma need them start playing. <laughs> tonight is not the night. You know what I'm saying? No night is the night. Don't play with me. Come on, blog talk. I'm going to get in. <laughs> we welcome y'all. We welcome y'all. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Alicia. You know I got my right hand. And most of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Tony, listen, we about to talk that talk, okay? It's about to be at all hands on deck. We about to really talk that talk. We're going to talk about the why effect. We're going to talk about the why effect dealing in relationships, dealing in marriages, dealing with divorce, just just personally making sure you're asking yourself why you are doing something particular. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we do things and we do it just because. Like, we are really have a good reason why. We're doing it because somebody told us to. We're doing it because it's expected of us to. We're doing it because of fear. It's so many other reasons why. Mm, That's deep. Because like I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking maybe people do it because it's, you know, expected of them. Um, But I'm interested to see if there are other reasons why people do things that we may not even be because, you know, each each story, each relationship is its own uh-huh. entity, so it may be something that we wouldn't even naturally think about, the why. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, well, it all came, the show all came about because author Cotton Campbell had did a video. Did you watch the video, T? I was able to see a little bit of it, but it was a very <laughs> interesting first few minutes I caught. Okay, so what was your thoughts? Summarize what, how you felt about it, because y'all know that Tia's wife 101, okay? She's been married for about 50 years already, and, hey, she she is straight goals for me. <laughs> well, you know, Lee, um, I think what um, Cotton said is, is very much true, unfortunately, and I don't, you know, it kind of, from what we were talking about last night with our guest, um, Ingrid Brown, you know, on how it used to be and what it is today. Now, I was thinking about that as I heard. I only heard for like the first three minutes or so because I, I, was, I was so busy today. But it sounds like um, today's relationships are pretty much based on if you want to go, then go. You know, if you really want something, you're going to fight for it. You know, and I think Men tend to, like she said, well, I got somebody else waiting anyway, so go right ahead. That's very well, hurtful. That must have, that might have been a different video. Because, well, it might have been the same. Okay, it might have been the same video. But in the video, see, you didn't watch the whole thing. Okay, so she talks about her being in a relationship with the married man. I hate to talk about it with her not being here. But oh, she talks no, about being in a relationship. I thought I was in it. That wasn't in it. 
Girl, you got to get me She talked about being in a relationship with a married man and how he would say he's not happy, he's going to leave his wife, yada, 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 blah, 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 but he never did. So she continues mm-hmm. to be in this relationship. She continues to be wrapped up into this man that would tell her one thing but would do something else. So mm-hmm. the question of why, why are you in a relationship if you are not happy? Why are you going to continue to be married if that's not where you want to be? Why are you there if you want to be somewhere else? You see what I'm saying? We do so many things and we use so many other things as an excuse, the kids, the da, the this, the that. But those are really just excuses. Uh, the the down deep is why you are doing it. A lot of people do it out of fear. A lot of people do it out of convenience. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say I'm gonna say women stay out of convenience more than men do. Would you agree with that, T? I think so. I, I would tend to think that it was it's more women, especially when there's children involved. I would say even when you don't have kids, women tend to but stay in a relationship. When you don't have kids, because that 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 can tend to be something more in within her. But I think that when children are involved, that that just takes it to a different level. Right, but then you have stars, you have celebrities that stay in marriages they're not married, but it's just the fact that they man got money. You have basketball wives that stay with their husbands, husbands that cheat repeatedly, and mm-hmm. they stay, and they stay out of convenience. You know what I'm saying? It's convenient. The relationship is convenient. They do what they want. They go where they want. They have all of these things. But the the thing is asking yourself why. Why are you choosing mm-hmm. to shrink yourself mm-hmm. to please someone else so that you can stay in a situation that you don't want to be in? Mm. No, I didn't get that video. You got to send me that. I was listening to something totally different. I took some notes, you know, and it, it the first one that she started out with is, most men, not all men, they don't fight for what they want. And she said that they don't do anything. They do nothing to still get something. And they do just a little bit, you know, just enough to hold her on. And you don't ask why the woman walks in and all of a sudden she wants to leave. So that was the video that I, that I, that was in our box. Okay. I'm about to find it for you. I'm going to send it to you. But in this particular video, she did the reverse because. Oh, Okay. We say fight for something, but what are you? Why are you fighting for it? You see what I'm saying? What is mm-hmm. the reason for you to fight for it? To say that you're married, a lot of females do this. So you're saying that mm-hmm. you're fighting for this because y'all have history, honey. So you're gonna stay in in a situation you don't want to stay in. You're not happy in. You're not being fulfilled in over history. Mm-hmm. And or, I don't ever think you necessarily have to be married, Lee. Sometimes they just could be together for so long or or just to be fear of not having someone or not being in a, a relationship. A codependency. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You see, codependency is when you are dependent on that person and that person is dependent on you, 
that doesn't make mm-hmm. that a healthy relationship. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because there's really an underlining fear of stepping out on your own, a fear of not being able to secure yourself, a fear of starting over, a fear of not um, being good enough for someone else. Hmm. Yeah, there's, def- there's definitely a fear factor no matter how long you, you're in a relationship, and that can sometimes be the problem that you're not in a relationship, actually. Very true. And, you know, I'm trying to find it for you, see, because she was like, when I say she went in, she went all the way in. I'm going to find this for you really? and I'm going to send it to you. But we got mm-hmm. a fabulous show. Y'all know we always get on here and we get to talking and we don't even open the show up properly. Let's get this cracking. <laughs> that is so, so, so very true. Well, welcome, everybody, to uh, Let's Chat. Lisa and I, you know, we come to you guys live every week, usually on a Thursday and a Friday. But this week, y'all got a treat. We were on three nights, starting on Wednesday. So make sure you guys check it out. But what we do here on Let's Chat, uh, we've changed it up a bit because it's not just literally. We just do dopeness, as we said (laughs) earlier this week. We celebrate dopeness in a royal way, no matter what it may be. You know, because everything that we have done on our show has touched somebody's life in some type of way in some kind of community, and we love doing what we do. So make sure you guys get ready for our dynamic show tonight. I'm excited, Lisa. I've been thinking about this show ever since you uh, mentioned about the why effect, and uh, I love getting here, getting to hear everyone's different opinions or, or different takes on it. And I think Ingrid kind of started it off last night because we kind of got into a little bit of a relationship back in the day, and you even went back to 1920s, but she said she wasn't around in that time. <laughs> right. But even from the 90s to now, there has been a drastic change in the way people approach relationships. So I'm going to be interested, you know, because age factor plays a key in as well. You know, age plays a key in it as well on on that Y effect. So we got a great show on tap tonight. Now I wasn't sure if everyone's coming in on a panel leash or we're gonna do it individually as we normally do. Well, we're gonna it's gonna be a panel. We have some fabulous guests coming in here because we're talking about relationships, marriage, divorce, and so we need um, a plethora. And we want to look at the religious aspect as well because you know a lot of times. And don't send me no emails, but I will say religion is binding. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people do things because they feel that it's not pleasing to God. First of all, God gave us free will. He told us it's for us to be fruitful. He told us to get married. He did tell us to do all those things, but he didn't tell you to marry that person. You see what I'm saying? That's not what he told you to do. And so he gave you the free will. He gave you the ability to choose what you wanted to do. Now, how you determined on making that choice is on you. A lot of times we get in situations and things go to the left, they go to the right because of the choices that we make. But we want to say, oh, the devil is busy, or it's this, the side chick, or it's the side dude. No. It was a choice that you made. And you went into that choice lightly. When you get married, they tell you don't go into it lightly. That makes mm-hmm. sense, T? 
It does. You know, when you start bringing in religion into it, um, it you kind of start stepping on toes because each person's interpretation of of religion is differently. They can, like, you can read the same Bible or the same Quran and just get something totally different from it. So what I may perceive as what he means for us to do may not necessarily be what someone else does. So I think that's just a, a little bit of sticky situation, but, you know, like I say, that's just my opinion. Right. Well, but you know, but that's that's why we do what we do here. That is why mm-hmm. we do what we do. Because mm-hmm. I think it's something that we have to talk about. I think I see so many times, like, young females saying, oh, my husband needs to do this. Or you have so many men that are saying, because you know, they want younger females. They feel like I can teach her how to be my wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How are you teaching mm-hmm. somebody how to be your wife? Who's teaching you how to be her husband? Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole situation. That's a whole um, collaboration. Mm-hmm. That it just don't it does it's just not her being your wife or what she can do for you. Mm-hmm. It's who's teaching you. How to be? Why? Why everybody is telling females how to be? Who's telling men how to be? How to be a mm-hmm. husband? How to be a provider? What? What should you do? How should you be? Don't just say, "Oh, that's my wife," and I feel that she's my possession, and I can treat her however I want. Or that's my husband; he is my possession, and I can treat him however I want. That's not how that works. Right. Right. I definitely agree with that because how are you going to teach me? That's like saying I'm going to teach, he's going to teach me how to be a woman when he knows nothing about what a woman is. You know, that W-O in front of men means is something totally different. So he can't dictate on what it is that a woman should or a wife should or should not be. Absolutely. And then you get into these situations and then you have that inner turmoil. And the inner turmoil comes from that inner conversation that you're having. And with that inner conversation, you're deciding whether you should do something or you should not do something. If you're in a third-party situation, you're giving yourself all of these reasons on why you should be there, why you should be with him. He says he's not happy. He says he's going to leave her. He says he's going to do this. So you're you're rationalizing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And who's to, to say that rationalization is right? <laughs> Exactly. Or those that are married, you're rationalizing why you should stay in a situation, but yet and still, you're not asking yourself, why do I want to be here? Or mm-hmm. you get into a situation or a relationship with somebody, and and we always look at um, the, the physical or the, I'm going to say, the outer layers. But we don't look mm-hmm. at the inner layer to say, what does that person do for you? Why do you want to be with this person? What does that person do for you? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean sexually. I don't mean, you know what I'm saying? We look at, oh, it's this and oh, it's that. What does he do for you? What does she do for you that makes you want to put yourself in a lifetime situation with this person? hmm Sometimes they don't want to see the inner makings of a person. At least they just want their their whatever their needs or whatever they perceive their needs to be satisfied at whatever cost to the person that they're um, getting that satisfaction from. 
true. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh and it's a lot of times that I don't I think that we use I do say that religion is binding, but we use it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we use it as an excuse to be irresponsible. Mm. That's a good point. Whether you're aware of the irresponsibility or not. I mean, when you step into the situation and you're choosing to do something, and yes, you're supposed to, when you, especially in marriage, you're supposed to keep God first. But when you realize that the things that you are doing are not of God, that's when you have to start asking yourself why. You know what I'm saying? And people don't do that. When they when they meet somebody, a lot of times we take people from seasonal, ex, you know, seasonal people, we give them lifetime expectations. Why? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is that person doing for you in the last three weeks? And don't get me wrong, there are some people that absolutely fall in love and get married and have wonderful relationships within three weeks. There's lots of people that do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying what has that person done in that amount of time that you've had one date or um, you've had two phone calls or y'all haven't seen each other but he's the one. What has he done? What has she done that tells you that this is a person that is a, a lifetime person for you? Because sometimes we have seasonal people. You know, God blesses you with the people that he brings in and out of your life. Everybody mm-hmm. is not meant to stay. You go on, you go to different levels. Everybody is not meant to go to that same level with you. Right. But we have this desire to hold on. And then you're not asking yourself, why are you holding on and what are you holding on to? Uh Right. Having an understanding on absolutely why you are doing it. I love him. What do you, what, what's love? What is it that makes you feel that you love him? Those are deep conversations. Those are deep questions that should be asked. You know, early in, you know, I don't want to say early in the relationship because you don't necessarily want to drop it, start dropping that L word two days into a relationship. But just get to know each other. But, you know, the biggest thing, and I know it's, it could be a cliche, is communication. You have to mm-hmm. communicate. You know, you, you, you no one of mind readers. You have to communicate whether it be good or bad, whether you hurt someone's feelings or not, because in the end, if, it, if if your desires or your wants or your needs are not communicated to the person that you're you're yoked with, then then what's the point? You're just wasting time that you're not able to get back, time that you could be spending with someone else that 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 you should be with. So that communication aspect of a relationship is one of the most important things that that two people can share in a relationship. And that includes, we're not just talking about relationships as far as intimate relationships. Uh, we're talking about, it could be friendships. Mm-hmm. That's right. Any Anytime you're know dealing with someone else on any level, in any aspect, you have to communicate. 
Mm-hmm. And not even that, not just communicate, but I think that a lot of times we walk into relationships with preset expectations. Mm-hmm. You have preset expectations of what this person is to do for you based on how you feel that person should be. I need mm-hmm. you to do this for me so that I can feel this way. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, therefore, out the gate, you put pressure on this person. They don't even know they got it. They don't even know they got this type of pressure. Mm-hmm. So then you but have relationships. Well, that, that's being selfish as well. Mhm. You know, because now you 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 uh displayed your what you want. What about what this other person wants? Or 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 you know, does your want jive with their want? And then not even that. Um, we do it to everybody. It's something that we do naturally. Mm-hmm. I need my son or my daughter to do this for me to make me feel this way. I need that person to make me feel loved. This is my family. This is my, no, nobody can make you happy. If you can't make yourself happy, ain't nothing nobody else can do for you, sweet cheeks. Absolutely And that's right. whether you are a male or female. You can't require people in your life to do certain things and be certain things for you to make you feel a certain way because you don't have it already. Mhm. You see what I'm saying? That's, we got our first mm-hmm. We got our first guest up in here. We got Cotton in here. She's gonna talk that talking and be able to break it down to us. We done talked a whole lot, see, so it's about to go down. I'm ready. <laughs> Hey, you welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. Can you hear? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear you. It's got a little, little static in the phone. Oh, some wind. Cause I hear wind. Say it again. A lot of wind. Sorry. Yeah, that's what we're hearing. Yeah, up. It was just... yeah you have a window rolled down? I'm outside. Oh, okay. Okay, so real quick, because we, we, you did it live mm-hmm. uh, like a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. And you were talking about your situation. Um, being with the married man, your relationship with God, and then you went into relationships in general. Just kind of recap that video with us. Um, what was the subject? Do you remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Come on. Yeah, you were talking. I can't hear you. I said I'm always talking about stuff. So. No, in this particular um. Video, you were talking about how you chose to be in a relationship with somebody that was already in a relationship. 
And you talked about the turmoil that that decision put you in. You talked about um, the excuses that you received and the way you reasoned yourself to be able to stay there. And then you asked the question, um, why? Why would you choose to be in that situation and not be happy? And then why would he choose to be in that situation and not be happy? If you're not happy, then why are you there? And that's what made me want to do this show about the why effect, because we don't ask ourselves why enough. Right. And this, and this is true. And the reason why I wanted to, and, I'm, and I get I, I I try to be a little transparent with people when I'm talking because with the audience because you know everybody's not willing to tell their truth. Everybody's always uh-huh. woe is me, woe is me. He did it to me, she did it to me. But no, no, you uh-huh. did it to yourself too. So you got to take some responsibility for that part. When you did, when yes. you choose, even if you didn't know in the beginning, just let's go there. If you didn't know in the beginning, you fell in love. Okay, so once you knew. Your next move is to move out of that situation at the end of the day. But what we tend to do is we make excuses to stay, knowing it's not going to end up well. Because if a person is married, they're married. It don't matter if they're separated, because a lot of times these people, they separate and then they go back. And then you, as a third party, you left with your heart broken, you left with things in disarray. You left confused. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to, you don't, but you're mad at them when you should be mad at yourself. Because and, you and have that to understand that. inside of the marriage as well, correct? Because you're inside absolutely. of a marriage. You're not happy, but you're making a choice. And you, yes. and, but we use God as an excuse. Well, God said, yes, God said, but God didn't say be in an unhappy relationship. He didn't even tell you to marry that person. That ain't what God told you to do. That's what you told yourself no. to do. And I, and I pose that to people all the time. I, and one of the things that I, I throw out there is God showed you the sign. You just ignored it. No, I had no clue. I didn't know. No, no, no. You can never tell me you didn't know. You just ignored all the signs. I don't care if it was a little tiny sign, like them walking by you and looking at you a certain way. If that didn't sit well in your spirit, that's probably one of those signs you probably should pay attention to because that one little look turns into a big look that you don't like. And then it turns into something else, and then it turns into something else, and it just keeps progressing. So you get to the point 10 years down the road, you're trying to figure out why you're still in this relationship. I have people that affectionate. Why would you marry somebody that's not affectionate? Why would you do that? Knowing that five years down the road, ten years down the road, you can't live without affection. That's not who you are. Now, if you're one of those people that can live without affection, more power to you. But if that ain't you, don't marry somebody who can't give that. Because now you're at a battle. You're struggling to get it, and they're keeping it from you. And they're, or they're trying to figure out how they can give it to you because that's not what they're used to. That's not how they're made up. That's not their character. Uh-huh. So when people say they don't know, nah, the Holy Spirit told you. Every time you was in the wrong kind of relationship, the Holy Spirit tapped you on the shoulder and was like, I'm trying to tell you something. Are you going to listen today? Are you going to listen this time or not? 
No? Okay. Even well, go on and do your thing. Let me know. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> even, if it's, even if it's three years down the line, two years down the line, ten years down the line, Absolutely. nine times out of ten, he spoke to you prior to mm-hmm. You just didn't. You just Fire didn't too. do and follow through. So you decided to say you rationalized my kids, my this, my that, and some people can't even blame it on the kids because what if y'all have no kids together? Yes. And that's and that's the other thing. So you want your children to see what an unhappy relationship looks like? Are you kidding me? I don't want my or kids you to see that. Keep them that's not healthy. And I'm having happy relationship exactly. That's not good for the kids. How are you helping the kids? Oh no, no. Just say it's you because you're too lazy to move on, and it's and it's going to cost you probably too much money to move on. So you you or the sex is good. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know, but I refuse to be. So when people ask me, you know, you've been single this long? Yes, I have since 1990. Why? Mm. Yes, I've dated. I've even been married. I'm not. I've been married. But you can't you can't be in a relationship by yourself. It takes two people. So when I when I say that, that's what I mean. Like I can't, how am I, how are you in a relationship with somebody who ain't in a relationship with you? They they you you married and they still dating. <laughs> who, who, who wants to live like that? <laughs> Nobody wants to live like that. So I had to. I had to just like sometimes I have to be very I try to pick my you know pick my topics wisely and and try not to go in too hard because not everybody's ready for that but at the same time uh-huh. I like to be a little transparent I've been through some things I've seen some things uh-huh. I've been I've dealt with some things and I've dealt with some things that I wasn't happy about because when I when I talked about that topic I remember going through God taking me through the mess he took me through the ringer because I had been, because I slept with a married man. And I didn't say, okay, you found out he's married. You know, you know, you got all these feelings for him. But then when I finally said, okay, enough is enough. Then he came back with, <laughs> this is what made me laugh. This is what made me laugh. He came back with, just go with the flow. You were just in my back. I wrote a whole poem about it. You were just in my backseat crying over the fact that you want to be with your wife who don't want to be with you, but you want me to just go with the flow. Yeah, no. Nah. And then and then I had a conversation about, you know what, this God God don't like this. You know, this ain't what God want me to be doing. So you don't care about my salvation either. Uh-huh. That was a heavy, that was even heavier for me because the moment this, Man told me he didn't care about my salvation. That means you don't care about my God. That means you don't care about my life. That means you don't care about your own life. So if you don't care about yours, you definitely don't care about mine. And the crazy thing about that whole situation is he eventually went on to be with a different woman, not his wife. Him and his wife separated. And he so and this is what I tell him. You didn't come for me when you were done. You found somebody else to go after and marry, but you wanted me to go with the flow. So if I had stayed in it, as long as I stayed in it, you could just have whatever you want. Right. You could have whatever you want from me, but then you're going to find the woman you actually want to marry and marry her. With no, you're going to throw me away and you're not going to have no regard for how I feel 
or this situation or and then and then not only did I suffer, not only did I suffer, y'all, my kids suffer too. They didn't realize it that that's what the cause of it was. And they still don't know. But we went through some things and they had to go through it with me, unfortunately, because they were a part of me. So when you when we're making these decisions that are emotional and don't have nothing to do with God, then you gotta you gotta think about that. My kids are gonna suffer. I'm responsible for them. So I had to put it out there. So let's talk about settling because really that's what it is. Um, when you decide to just do something, when you go with the flow, when you decide to stay for the kids, for the house, for the dog, the cat, whoever, you're deciding to settle. And in that process of settling, you you have to ask yourself, why are you making this decision? And I don't think Mm -hmm. we do that enough. Talk a little bit about that as women, um, choosing Mm -hmm. to be in situations that we settle for. You know what? I'm, I will honestly say this. There was, I think there was a small part of me that says, you know what? I'll take whatever I can get. Uh-huh. And we get, and not just women, men get that too. I'll take whatever I can get. This is my last opportunity. I might as well go on and just take this. I ain't going to find one better than him. What? Girl. So once I picked myself up off the floor and God slapped me on my back and said, if you don't get your butt up, like I told you, this ain't what we going to have you do. You better than this. And this is when you, this is at some point, now keep in mind, this has been really many years ago. Like my my youngest son was probably like five or six or something. Once you, once you realize your worth and you realize you better than how people treat you, then you realize, then you understand that I ain't got to settle for nothing. So when 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 people <laughs> people try to say that I'm controlling because I'm a Capricorn, I'm not controlling, baby. I just know what I want. At the end of the day, if you if you know what you want, you're controlling. If you don't know what you want, you're confused. So I'd rather be controlling in in that aspect. Sorry, I, I just rather take it. But a lot of times, we as women. He's really good. He's good with the kids. You know, he lay it down real good. You know, y'all, like, I don't, he's he's just, I don't know. I fell in love. It's all kind of excuses why we, we, we're we going to settle for half the band. And some of them ain't even half. It's, it's, you, you're getting about a third. You ain't even getting nothing because he's spreading his stuff off all over. Every time somebody send a penis picking my thing, I'm thinking, yeah, you just had this randomly. All of a sudden, you're going to send it to me. I don't do that. Don't send those to me. Because you probably, you know how many women you done probably sent this to? So everybody on social media know what your PP look like. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you passing it around all willy-nilly. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And the same with women. You just passing your stuff around on social media like it don't never get put out there. Because once you put it out there, it's a, it's a rat. But we go into settling because we don't ever think that we could have anything better. Like the moment I realized that God was going to bless me with everything that my heart desired, I broke down in tears because I never thought it could happen. Uh And now I'm in a relationship with a man who's very loving. He's very caring. He's very 
He's he's everything that I could he's everything that I could possibly need. Everything. And we're and we're not even and we haven't even had the chance to be intimate. So we're everything before the before the and we're not intimate but sexual. We haven't been sexual. There's been no none of that. But we've been intimate. So it's everything but that. So when you finally get to, I rather, I, I rather wait on God, and I try to tell people this. And at some point, you gotta, you gotta say, you know what? I'm gonna let my flesh guide me because, I mean, I'm gonna let my spirit guide me because my flesh keep getting me in trouble. <laughs> my flesh get me in trouble. I'm like, oh, he's cute. <laughs> yeah, he got some abs and everything. Now I'm a, I'm a bicep girl, so I, I see a man with biceps, I be like, dang. Let me not look at him. Let me look the other way or something. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> well, we got our next guest in here. We have author uh, Sharon Griffin. She's going to talk that talk about about uh, the situation of the Y effect with us. But she comes from uh, the religious standpoint. She can give us that religious side. She's been remarried. She's been divorced. She's been the first lady. And so I love to be able to bring her in on conversations like this because the first excuse that people use for settling is God. Exactly. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We love Thank you, you coming so here. Much. And congratulations on your new marriage. You're oh, so beautiful. You. I appreciate I that. God is good to me. <laughs> yeah, be <laughs> it. Let's talk, talk. We've been talking about the why effect. We get into these relationships. We whether we choose to be in relationships that are third party, whether we choose to be in marriages that we're not happy with, whether we choose to do all of these things, the key word is choice. Um, right. God gives us free will. So the first thing we say is, well, I have to say, the kids. Well, God don't believe in divorce, and da 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 da. But. Those are all excuses to cover up the fact that you made a bad choice because you chose to settle for whatever reason, whether it was fear, whether it was finances. Talk a little bit about uh, your experiences um, and then um, settling and not asking yourself why. Okay. Um, Well, for me, I believe that everything happens for a reason. So we can cover up. Um, why with different excuses, but I think that we have to tend to learn to move on and move forward and get the lesson out of what we've done, the why. So, for instance, for me, I've been married five times. I'm on my fifth marriage, and people like to throw shade at that, but I just say, but but you can't, you haven't been married once. So, you know, what's wrong with right. me? Because I got five niggas to say I do to me. So, anyway. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident in that. Um, so, for me, I'm going to say what, I, what I've learned from my experiences is that I have beautiful children, that I've learned how to love that I've learned how to forgive, that I've learned how to move forward in grace. You know, all my exes are my friends. So I said, I must not be that bad of a person if everybody's coming back. 
you know. So I think for for women and especially black women, we need to stop making excuses for ourselves and just learn to move forward and say, okay, this happens. All right, what was my lesson in this? So I can be the better person. And I think Ariana Grande said it the best. Thank you for patience. Thank you for love. Uh Next. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. I mean, the thing that we harp on, you know, all that nigga did this and all that nigga did that. Thank you. Bro, you taught me how to love because I don't want to love nobody like you. So when the next dude come come around and he's great to me, I know how to appreciate that. And that's what happened in my case. You know, my husband, he's different from anyone that I've ever dated. And when I say different, I um, I'm used to tall, black, and bald. And I heard the the previous um, person speaking, and she was saying, you know, biceps, I think it's the arms. Well, honey, arms was my thing. But I have me a, a nice, mellow, meek man that loves me to death. And the, wonder, and the great thing that I love about him, he's not a Christian. I would never date another Christian man. He's a Muslim. Wow. Yeah. Now tell us about that. Now tell us about that because I and I want to go back as well because I think it's important that we stop expecting people because first of all mm-hmm. we step into these situations with preset expectations. Mm-hmm. We use God as the, we use God as the excuse most of the time. Yeah. You step into these situations and you're before you even get there your expectation is for this person to do this for you so that you can feel a certain way. First mm-hmm. of all, that's a lot of pressure because who's going to, to know, who's to say that they're able to even do that for themselves? Right, mm-hmm. right. Let alone do I'm, it for you. I'm going to say, I don't know if you remember when I took that five-week hiatus um, to the Dominican Republic. Yes, I remember you, you Two went. summers ago. Okay. Most people think I was just there kneeling and willing it out and having a ball. And I did have a great time, but that was for self-care. So most of that time I spent praying. Yes, I was on the beach, um, you know, and, and doing nice things. But I was talking to God most of that trip. And I actually got sick for a week there. I caught the pink eye and the flu at the same time. And I was bedridden. So I would sleep and I would wake up and I'd be crying and talking to God and I would sleep again and I'd wake up and that happened for like a week. And I was just telling God, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of being the old me because what I started doing was treating men like bitches. Like, oh no, nigga, you my hoe. You know, and Uh in my mind, I could see me throwing money at niggas like, nigga, I don't need you. This is what you worth to me. And I said to God, I said, God, this isn't who I am. This isn't who you made me to be. I'm taking on a manly role now because we can be so broken. We become the man in the relationship. And I didn't want that. So one day I'm I'm sitting at a table and I noticed a a lady. And I knew God was starting to, to talk to me about her. 
and I knew she had something for me. So I asked her, I said, ma'am, would you like to come and sit and talk with me? And she said, yeah. So, you know, we just introduced ourselves, yada, yada. So she started telling me about a horse. She said, you know, I have this wild horse. She's a horse whisperer. She said, and people were telling me to get rid of the horse because it wasn't trainable or tameable. She said, but that horse became my best friend. And I knew it was spirit talking through her to me about me. I felt like people thought I was that wild horse that couldn't be tamed or trained or whatever you want to consider it as, but Uh that I wasn't lovable. That's a better word right there. I wasn't lovable. But God was Uh telling me through her, baby, you lovable, and I got you. So anyway, I got better on this trip, um, my fifth week, and I said, all right, I'm going to do all the things that I've been wanting to do, horseback ride and go see the monkeys and pet the monkeys, all this stuff. So I went to a club at night. Normally in a foreign country, I don't go out at night, especially to no clubs, drinking and stuff like that, but I went. Um, And it was a gentleman standing next to me. And he just happened to say, you're not from here, are you? And I was like, no, you know, I've been down here for five weeks, yada, yada. And I don't know how we got on our birthdays. Um, But we shared the same birthday. I pulled out my ID. He pulled out his ID. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. So I said to him, we went upstairs, we went dancing. And I said, hey, I'm going horseback riding. I'm already going to come. So he was like, yeah, I'll come. So anyway, he texted me in the morning, oh, I'm going to have dinner with my or breakfast with my, my board and this morning, and I was like, "Fuck him! Like, fuck these niggas! I'm tired of them. I'm gonna be a white man." <laughs> you know, I found the same old shit another day, different day. You know. So anyway, um, for whatever reason, I texted him when I got back from horseback riding. He said, "Would you like to join me on the beach for dinner?" I was like, "All right, cool." So we had dinner, and dinner became a marriage two years later oh yeah and and like I say he's not a Christian he's Muslim um Mm -hmm. but that was okay with me because he treated me and he still does treat me like a queen and I Mm -hmm. love it and you know I was talking to my mom one day and she was like now that you know you have your house and whatever you can have um Christmas, what she say, Christmas dinner. I said, oh, mom, he's a Muslim. She was like, oh, my God, you marrying a Muslim man? What about a Christian man? I said, but, mom, you were just telling me how wonderful he is and how good <laughs> he's treating me. I said, do you remember the Christian men that I dated? They didn't treat me so nice. I said, why would you want me to go back to something like that? So that <laughs> quieted her down, um, period. And I say that that a lot of times, especially as black women and raised in the Christian sector, we believe he's only going to be a Christian. It's like soon as, you know, you go to church and a, a new man come, oh, God, is that him? Everybody looking at the same, it ain't, it ain't a lot of Christian men in church. All the niggas I know in church, they there for pussy. <laughs> like, straight up. <laughs> Preachers and all, a couple of my ex-husbands preachers, and we still communicate, so I already know what it is, you know. But I think we we put so much stock on he got to be a Christian. How about 
he just got to treat me right. How about he got to love me? How about he got to provide and show me something different than what I'm used to? You know, and and stop putting those expectations on God because God is so much bigger than what we think. You know, we we limit God and we limit ourselves, and we're like, oh, it has to be this way. No, it's so much bigger than what Uh we've seen and what we've felt and what we've experienced. And I can tell any woman, I'm living my best life. But one thing I said to my husband when we met, because he's 14 years older, I said, you still like to fuck? That was my first question. Uh And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool, we straight. Like anything else, <laughs> we'll get through. But that, I'm in my prime, you know, mm-hmm. so we got mm-hmm. to be able to get it in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's been, it's been going really good. We're two years two years in. Um, we got engaged after the first year, got married right before the second. We both just relocated, him from Chicago and me from um, Vegas, and we're in Texas, and God is good. That's all I can tell anybody. God is good. And part of my move was to get me to a different dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say in my professional life and in my spiritual life. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that there's work for me here to be done because, ironically, Texas is where I started when I left my husband. And it's like my life is coming up coming about full circle and I've been Mm -hmm. saying okay God like why Texas again but everything's big is in Texas oh (laughs) go ahead girl (laughs) you know what I'm saying so you know God blessed us with a big house and you know I already had my cars and all so I'm ready to do the damn thing whatever that is I'm ready for it. Um, people are sitting in me. So who do you coach and what, what do you do? And ironically, I started coaching pastors because oh. pastors don't have nobody to talk to. They don't have nobody that's going to be real with them and understand who they really are. I thank God for my lessons, um, being married to two pastors and pastor and myself, that I can go back and set some of them free. And I'm not going in a religious way. I'm going being me. So if I can't be me, then I'm not for you. So I might mm-hmm. cuss a little. We might have some drinks, but I'm going to help you. You know, mm-hmm. so coaching mm-hmm. pastors really um, has been a blessing to me. And when the first pastor hired me, it was like, wow, God, I, I found like, my name. I like her. I like you. But, I like but you. She, but, thank, <laughs> but what she said, thank you. But what she said to me, she said, before I met you, I was dying inside and nobody knew it. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I'm after. People who are mm-hmm. real and honest and open where I can step in and offer a little freedom and hope. Because so many of them who are on the pulpit that we're watching on TV are hopeless. Uh-huh. But they can't tell everybody. Uh-huh. Now you know, I have a question. Because people ain't gonna understand. Yes, ma'am. Now this is Alicia. We we sound so much alike, so we gotta uh, 
said who we are. I want to just go back because you talked you talked a lot about that, and I think we talked about this before when you were on the show about uh, religion being binding. Um, you have okay. so many people that have their church version, mm-hmm. then they got their outside version. Right, absolutely. And you're not the same person. Nobody in church can know that you like to go to the club. Nobody in church can know that you like to do this. They they don't need to know that, you know, your relationship is is not very well. They have to see you in this Christian way. Yes. So now you got this version over here. Right. Can Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that becomes a struggle for many. It is a struggle. Um, I'm going to say this. I teach people how to be their authentic selves. When I walked away from my 16-year marriage, I found me again. And I promised that I would never go back to something that I'm not. And I think that's the struggle with people. I think people need to be free. They need to be honest with themselves. And they need to just step forward. Now, I must say, in your freedom, you're going to lose some folk. People going to despise you. Your family's going to turn their back on you. Let me tell you what someone said to me. Um, they say, if you have to go go in a shelter, that's a Christian person, don't call me. First of all, I know I ain't never going in no shelter, but if I did, I knew it was ministry there. So what I said was, my grandmother always told me that I always got my pussy. So in other words, <laughs> okay, shelter, I ain't going to go because I'm going to use my pussy before I do anything else if I can't get it done otherwise. And they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. Okay, well, you said that you would hope I go in the shelter. Okay, so I'm going to show you that that ain't going to be done. So by any means necessary, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. And I meant what I said, um, but I think people forget that (laughs) even when you marry, you're selling pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Your husband buying it. And he, I mean, he he paying bills, he's doing whatever he got to do to make sure that the supply don't run out. It's an exchange uh-huh. of good services, goods and uh-huh. services. <laughs> but I love it. I, I love believe it. I, I believe that people are afraid to be free, and yeah. I think they really want to be free, but because of what other people are going to think and say and do, that's why they're not free. To mm-hmm. be honest. So you have to be. We gotta we gotta bring on our third guest because this is getting hot and heavy. We gotta bring in our therapist. Yes, she's gonna break it down to us. She's gonna break it down as and and really get us into the why we do what we do. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, hi. This is Anita. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello. Hi, we can hear you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So we've gotten to the meat and potatoes of the conversation. We've gone through um, the choice to do certain things. 
Um, the fact that we, whether we choose to settle, whether we choose to be in third-party situations, whether we choose to divorce, it's all a choice. Um, but we always forget the why aspect of it um, because maybe there's fear behind it. Maybe there are um, identity issues behind it. Can you talk a little bit about why people um, fail to want to ask themselves why they're doing something? Because a lot of times we do stuff just because. Right, right. That's a very good point. I think so often – especially in a marriage, you know, the beauty of being in a marriage, you know, you're able to see yourself through your partner's eyes because your partner see you more than you see yourself. And a lot of times mm-hmm. the things that we do, they become so habitual, so normalized, so normal that we don't know we're doing. And I often like to call that the blind self. And your husband or, you know, or spouse, they're able to see you more, like I said, they're able to see you more than you see yourself. And then in that regard, you would hope that your partner could say, this is what I'm seeing in you, that you may not be seeing in yourself. So I really believe it takes, you know, people interacting with one another to get a sense of certain things, because like I said, certain things become so normalized. And then your, whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, they help you identify that blind self. And then from there, uh, let's say, for instance, um, when I got married, I've been married for 15 years now. When I got married, uh, probably two years into my marriage, my husband says, Nika, you can be so unforgiving. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize why I was unforgiving. And, And I didn't realize that I was. But it took him to tell me that, to show me something about me that I wasn't really you know, fully aware of, again, I would call that the blind self. And so when I started to explore that a little more, I discovered that growing up, you know, my mother, as much as I love her, she was an unforgiving person at times. So that kind of explains the why of things. Sometimes we do things based on what we've been exposed to, and then it just Mm. becomes a part of who we are, and we don't know it until – someone who loves us say, hey, did you notice this about yourself? And then you start to explore, like, why am I that way? That's, that's so if true. you want to face the why. That, like, that's if you want to face the why. Because you got some people that they don't want to face it, but they give you every excuse for why they're doing something. But it's not ever what it is. Yeah. But sometimes you don't have any choice but to face mm-hmm. it because it's right there in your face. You know, and mm-hmm. I am you know, she brings up a great point, and actually, I was just thinking about this just the other day. You do see things that may not necessarily be in front of the other person's, your partner, your spouse's eyes, because you're looking at them, their actions, their Correct. reactions, yeah. you know, everything. I'm sorry, this is Tony. Like Lisa say, we have to identify ourselves, but, you know, she's okay. right on point with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, a beautiful thing, but I, I think we should always be asking why. Um, but a lot, a lot of people are afraid of the why. So I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times we don't challenge ourselves and ask that question, why we do certain things, why we divorce, why are we in this relationship? A lot of times it's very hard to face the truth. Um, but 
if you know, if you do, you you, you open up yourself to a a part of yourself that 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 at times is is hidden. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Absolutely. Now, I remember you used to do a relationship uh, event. And I remember mm-hmm. the first thing you would always say is you have to ask yourself, would you date yourself? Yeah. Remember you used to always say that? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. Would you date you? Would you marry you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right, Alicia. Miss Alicia. You're right. <laughs> um, and, and, that, and, and we don't do that because we're not saying, okay, all the things that I know about myself, mm-hmm. who I am, my good, my bad, would I date me? And if I wouldn't, working on whatever it is that needs to be worked on, people don't do that. They expect mm-hmm. um, to get into a relationship, put everything on their t- on the table, and whoever their spouse is, whoever their boyfriend is, girlfriend, whoever, they put those things in their laps for them to heal because they need you to be a certain way so that they can feel a certain way because they wasn't feeling that way already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you just talk a okay. little bit about that and, and how that does harm relationships um, in general, not well, being able to – go ahead. No, I was trying to um, make sure I'm understanding. Um, but you can go ahead, Ms. Alicia. I want to make sure I'm understanding the question. Okay, so we all have baggage. Most of the time, you right. don't deal with your baggage before you get in a relationship. Most of mm-hmm. the time, you put the relationship on the table for your whoever you're with to help you work that out. Right? Right. But well, in the process, think, you are saying, mm-hmm. I need you to be this for me so that I can okay. feel this way. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's 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 a dangerous thing because you become dependent. You're you're not necessarily making yourself accountable for, you know, working through whatever challenges you may have. You're mm-hmm. looking at that partner to heal you, and that's the that's one of the worst things that you can do to get into relationships. So people enter into a lot of different things to numb whatever it is they're experiencing, whether we do drugs, whether we shop a lot, whether we eat a lot, whether we get into, whether we serial date. I think people enter enter into some relationships because they don't want to deal with their reality so they can, you know, just kind of hide behind those factors. And I think it's a dangerous thing to get into a relationship and expect someone to heal you um, yes, I think as in relationships, you know, whether it's, you know, just friendships, relationships, uh, parent-child relationships, I think we all need one another. I, I definitely agree with that. However, to get into a relationship, to think that that relationship is going to fix, you know, deep-rooted childhood, you know, experiences or trauma, I think is, you know, is it's unfair, so I think you should go in understanding that you have to put in the work. You have to be very self-reflective um, and not really have that expectation of someone to fix you, but for someone to support you and influence something greater than what you're capable of doing. Because we all need each other. We all need one another. We can all say, 
I don't need anybody. I don't need a relationship. But we do. We need each other because how can you see yourself? But I, I think it is dangerous to get into enter into a relationship with the expectation of someone change well healing you or being your savior. Uh, I think that is so true. Now I just this is Tony. I just want to bring all the ladies in because I think we have such a powerful panel tonight. We have on just to recap Arthur Cotton Campbell, Arthur Sharon Griffin, and we just heard from therapist and I want to make sure I say your name. Nikita Owens? Anika Owens? Anika. Okay, that's it's wrong on our right there. No, and it, I think we no, all... it, it looks like, let me just actually say, it's, it's N-N-E-K-A. It's the Swahili name, the, the N is silent, oh. but it is Anika. Mm-hmm. Anika, okay, I'm sorry. You know, Alicia and I, no, you can, right. we can mess up a name. <laughs> that's okay. We can all that's okay. bring something special to this conversation, and it's a much-needed conversation. And I want to go back around to Cotton. You know, you've heard our, our last two guests come on, and I think um, Sharon said something very powerful when she said that sometimes we may see ourselves as unlovable. What is your take on that? All right, now, is, this, is that a question for Nika? For, for Cotton. Okay, for Cotton. So what's that? Yes. She yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I yeah, she was really she was really like good. I, I'm mm. always fascinated to find women who are more like me because she said what she said was and, and I hate to make this about me, but very quickly because there's other women out there that are like that. There's other men out there like that. Where when I finally mm-hmm. got ordained as a minister, I was trying to change me to fit what other people think I should look like or be like mm-hmm. or sound like. And I know that mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable with that. So my mentor and my pastor said, why are you trying to change? I didn't I didn't sign up with you for you to change anything. The reason why you are captivating and that you'll be able to reach people is because you speak real from the heart. So when she was talking, I was like, okay, there you go. Thank you, Jesus. She just blessed mm-hmm. me today. Thank you. That's all I got. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you don't know when you step into this in, into this journey. It's a it's not an easy journey. It's a it's a very difficult journey because you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. You're dealing with a lot of spirits. You're dealing, you're dealing with a lot of different things. And so to hear her mm-hmm. speak was very profound. So I appreciate that. And then to oh, um, awesome. the other, the other, <laughs> it's like I like her. <laughs> Um, And so then the the other part about the baggage, oh, man, let me me just say this really quickly, and I'm going to be quick because I could talk, y'all. I could talk about relationships and all that. When I I finally realized, and this is just two parts, when I finally realized what my journey was, those people that I dated in my past, and then when you get, when you, when you have growth, then you finally understand that. Those people that I dated in my past, I was never supposed to be with. Never, 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 never. Mm-hmm. My job was to counsel them because they didn't know how to be in a relationship, something that God had already taught me to do, and they weren't mm-hmm. ready. But my position, being this woman that I am, was to counsel them to get them to a different place, to a different level, and now I'm able to do that. The baggage part as well is people people have baggage, 
but they can also hurt people. It, 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 it also goes the other way. You might want somebody to, you know, there are people that want you to pick up and help them with their baggage, but then there are people who use you as a target because of their baggage. Mm. So they have no intention of ever really loving you, but they want to take their hurt out on somebody, so they bring you in just to hurt you. So that's, that's, that's the other part, of it. and I'm, I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> that's so deep. Sharon, what do you feel? How do you feel about that? I mean, that baggage part, you know, I think uh, whether you felt that baggage or not, you can kind of relate to that. Oh, absolutely. I think I've been the bag lady. <laughs> The bag lady lady had to go to therapy and a life coach simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) And and let me tell you what what delivered me from, from being the bag lady. I had me a white male therapist, and he said to me, he said, he's gaining everything. And you're gaining nothing. Uh-huh. And a light bulb went off. And I went home and packed all my shit. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. So I so I threw uh-huh. his baggage out. His his bags out. Uh-huh. And I took my bags. And I decided to be healed. And the great thing uh-huh. about my story, I got kicked out of therapy because he said you don't need me anymore. I said, Well, we can talk business. He was like, No. You're in a happy place. You're in a great oh. place. And my life coach oh. the same. You don't need me no more. We good. You know, mm-hmm. so oh. I thank God for my healing. And it was a process. It was tears. It was coaching, therapy, um, however I had to get it. But it was real. And I know oh. that I'm a different person. I know that I'm a new person. I know that the things that I once accepted, I will never accept anymore because my peace and my sanity and my Mm. ministry um, is way more important than allowing someone to empty their bags in my uh, Mm. suitcase. Mm. 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 That's powerful. So that's where I go. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, I appreciate every woman who decides to get healing because there's so many of us who are carrying burdens of our past, burdens of our family. Matter of fact, I just had a, a goddaughter that just tried to commit suicide because she was date raped by someone that mm. said they loved her and his brother. Oh. So mm. we mm. have a lot of work to do. But if we mm-hmm. can't get healed ourselves, the only right. thing that we're doing is hurt people, hurt people. And it's good mm-hmm. intention a lot of times. But a lot mm-hmm. of times we put our hurt off onto other people. But gotcha. God is saying, yeah. be ye healed. This is the season yeah. of healing for those mm-hmm. who want it, though. Yeah. But if you don't want it, you just go and, and keep living the way you're living and life goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but you have to want it. Absolutely. So that's just that's where it. I am, Mom, with everything. 
you know, and mm-hmm. I thank God for my healing. And a lot of times people tell us, oh, especially in the Christian sector, you have to be this way and you have to be that way. The gate is open, baby. Um, you have to be this way and you have to be that way. But the truth is you have to be the way God created you to be. I'm not for everybody. I can't go into everybody's church. I already know that. When my friends ask me to come speak, they say, could you please not cuss? You know, and I think I have enough respect for God's house not to do that anyway. But <laughs> they, they <laughs> want to reiterate those things because they know that's a part of my language. And then some people will say, well, cussing isn't for ladies. Well, I'm not for you. <laughs> that's it. You know, I can, I cannot be everything to everybody. So I reached right. the point in my life where you have to accept all of me. You can't accept this part and want to change that part and all that. No, you accept it all or you move forward. And I'm fine with that right. because why? I love me. I found her and I like her. Wow. I like I like the fact that she don't take no shit no more. You know, mm-hmm. I used to take a lot in the name of Jesus you know, allow people to say different things and do different things. But no, God didn't make me a doormat. I'm not a doormat for nobody. If you speak to me a certain way, I'm going to bring it back the same way. Because you need to know that that's not acceptable, and you need to know how it feels as well. Now, that's that's not how everyone does it, but that's how I do it to protect myself. And it's easy. That's so good. Okay, this is Tony, and I just want to ask um, Anika, you know, you've heard the ladies, and for those that are maybe listening to the show tonight, they may not be at a point in their lives or in their relationships that they feel that they can talk openly about how they feel and what they want. You know, how, how would a young lady or a young man even in certain situations start that conversation and find their voice and not have to wait 10, 20 years and make the many mistakes that some people make? Well, that that is definitely, it's doable, but it's one of those things where you, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And I think that's mm-hmm. like the first order of business of AA. you got to acknowledge that it's a problem before you can actually change it. And so acknowledgement is key for anybody to really um, have any kind of change in their lives. And I think you got to acknowledge it first. And, and then once you acknowledge it, you, you want to make sure that you're around safe people, because not everybody is safe. There are people out there that don't want to see you rise above the pain, or they don't want to see you heal. So I think it's mm-hmm. very important, one, one, to acknowledge that these there are some internal issues, there are some internal struggles, and then from there, find a safe person. Find someone that will champion you, someone who won't judge you, someone who wants to see you, again, like I said, rise above any kind of pain that you may have. And I think that's the starting point for anybody, you know, that really want um, to just be better, to release some of the, you know, some like what you guys were talking about, the emotional baggage that they have. But, uh, again, at first you've got to identify with it and start chipping away at it. I think so often we want everything to be, uh, you know, when, when I see patients, it's, it's, everybody wants a quick fix. But what I normally tell people, and some people, they don't stay in therapy long enough, and some people do. I mean, I have people who've been with me for years, um, but then there are people who is more brief. But 
there are people who don't want to, when you get to that piece where you are, you got to really do the work, you really got to do some real digging, it's too painful. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you got to be, you got to be ready for that kind of work. You got to be ready for therapy. You got to be ready for that kind of work. And that's what I tell people upon coming to counseling. You got to be ready for this kind of work. You know, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste my time. You got to be ready to really kind of dig a little deeper. So, yeah, so acknowledgement and then find, you know, people who are safe that can kind of help you and, you know, coach you in, you know, in some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about that, Cotton? Cotton? Sorry, my phone was on me. Oh, that's okay. What were you saying to me? Just getting your thoughts on it. On acknowledgement? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's one of the things I think that for me is I think that when people cry about being in bad relationships is that, and I ask the question, whose fault is if the relationship is goes bad? And the first thing people, especially women, we have this tendency to want to blame him. If he, he, something went wrong before he cheated. Something went wrong before he decided he didn't want to take out the trash or do right by you. Something was going already gone wrong. And it could be that, um, y'all weren't supposed to be together in the first place. It could be that. So everybody has to take some responsibility and acknowledge that because otherwise, like you said, you're going to carry that over into the next thing. When my when my marriage ended, I knew I wasn't supposed to marry him in the first place. And the one thing I always say is oh. I have to take some responsibility for that because I married him knowing that God said no, and I, and I defied my father. And because I defied my father, I had to go through a whole bunch of stuff. So he and, and, and the Holy Spirit said he he's not ready. He's not ready for you. So in, until people really take the real, like she said, when you really take that step and say, you know what, this is partially my fault. I got to take some responsibility because I didn't do X, Y, and Z, or I did X, Y, and Z, but I can't. So you can't just because it takes two people to be in a relationship. Take two people, and I don't care what kind of relationship it is. If you my sister and we not getting along, it takes two of us. So it's something we both not doing right. I can't just put it all off on you, you know. Um, uh-huh. At some point, like like you said, they acknowledge what you've done wrong, and and I did that. I absolutely did that because I didn't want to carry that over. Like you said, I didn't want to carry it over into the next thing. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I don't want to add that. I have learned that you have to be you, and you have to do you. T.D. Jakes has a snippet of one of his sermons, and he says, when you get into a marriage, you, a lot of people take uh, I and they make it we. But in order for it to last, eventually it's going to have to be I again. So that I took that as the person you're with has to allow you to be you, the authentic you, not a you that makes them feel comfortable, but the authentic you. And a lot of times we get into relationships and we shrink ourselves into these small boxes to please so many other different people when we realize that we haven't even pleased ourselves. So I always say you have to be able to do you and you have to be you. 
and whomever you're with, boyfriend, whomever, if they're not able to accept that, if you have to make so many changes to be in a relationship with somebody, if you have to make so many uh, cuts and, and I, I, can't, I, ha- I can't do this and I have to do this, but they're not making any arrangements for you, that's the first sign. How Cotton was saying, right. the sign that we don't pay attention to, that's the first sign because you're giving up so much. Whether you relocated, mm-hmm. whether you decide to have a child and you really didn't want to have kids, whatever you're you're choosing, because it's still a choice. You have free will to choose, and most situations come about based on the choices that we make. But mm-hmm. if you are True. not able to be you in that situation, I don't care if you're married, if you're not married, whatever it is, it's not it's not going to end up being healthy for you. And it's actually, to me, something you should not have done because you have to shrink yourself in order to get into it. Mm -hmm. But But do you always feel that, this is Anika Owens, do you always feel that it's the other person. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Do you do you think that it's always the other person requiring that of you, or is that something that sometimes we enter in because we we can be insecure? I think there are times. I think there are no absolutes, you know, in you know relationships or in life. I think there are times that people do get into relationships, you know, like you said, they would they say a messed up me, you know, is a messed up we, you know, I, you know. So it's just like. Sometimes people get into relationships and they're insecure, and doesn't mean that the partner is requiring you know you know them to adjust and align with who they are exactly. But but a lot of people do that out of fear. Um, it's not. I, I feel like it's not always a function of someone requiring you to be somebody different. I think a lot of times it's a function of somebody saying, "I give you you know I give you permission to be your who you are." And sometimes we're afraid because we may have trust issues, because abandonment issues. And so we feel like, you know, we can we can actually encounter somebody that's really genuine, but we still feel like we can't be who we are because we have those issues and we because we feel like we have to conform and be a certain way just based on, you know, what we've grown up to with. Right, but I'm saying mm-hmm. shrinking yourself in general, whether you're – the one shrinking yourself to fit into that box that you have preset and placed in your mind as of how you should be, or if the other person has is requesting you to shrink yourself to be in that box. Any shrinkage of you is not going to be healthy for you in the end. So even if you're shrinking yourself because you have a set expectation in your mind of what mm-hmm. something should be or or who somebody should be once they decide to do this. You have so many men that that want to marry younger women because I want to teach her how to be my wife. You know what I'm saying? But you you want to Mm -hmm. shrink yourself. You're shrinking yourself in a situation I don't even know if you're ready for because do you know how to be a husband? Or I Mm -hmm. want to be his wife, but do you know what that requires for you to do that? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we don't yeah. think about that. We don't think about that. You're right. We just do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. And then we realize the down the line, yeah, that we've shrunken ourselves. Or even if you're broken, because brokenness is actually an attraction. People think it's uh, compatibility, but y'all were compatible because y'all were both broken. 
Right. And your brokenness right. is what brought y'all together. But the thing is, when two broken people come together, healing is going to happen somewhere. And that relationship is going to end because it's no longer going to be able to be the same. Mm-hmm. Because when you guys got together, you didn't get together for the right reasons. You thought it was chemistry, but what was that chemistry? You didn't ask yourself why. Yeah. No, I agree. But I agree with that. I think, too, Anika's point, this is Tony, about the uh, not knowing who you are. Sometimes you go into a relationship and you just not even going into a relationship, just you just don't know who you are, you know, and certain mm-hmm. relationships bring out certain parts of you. And I think yes. when you came into the to the to the chat room, you made such a valid point that is still resonating with me as where you said you see your partner, you see yourself through your partner's eyes. I've been married. I'm going on. I know Lisa says it's fifty, but I'm going into my twenty eighth year. <laughs> I've been for 28 years, and just on this panel alone, you know, everyone is at a certain point where they can relate to something that has been left mm-hmm. on the table, and, and I see that. You never know everything about a person, no matter how long you've been with them or how short a time you've been with them, but the key is yeah. knowing yourself. And the other key yeah. is communicating because whether it's right or wrong, yeah. as long as you're getting those words out, you have to get it out because there's so much room outside of you than within you. Yeah, that, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, Sharon, what, what are your thoughts? Okay, I've I've been listening to the whole thing now specifically because so many things were said. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that you have to know yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, know your expectations, know what you can deal with, know what you can't deal with Mm -hmm. and look in your own mirror. Mm. A lot of times we want people to look in their mirrors, but we're afraid to, to peel off our makeup and our mask Mm -hmm. and face Mm -hmm. our own demons. That's but right. I think facing your own demons is key to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, looking and saying, hey, I don't like that part about me. I wonder mm-hmm. why I act mm-hmm. like that. You uh-huh. know, hey, that's my mother right there, and I can't stand that. But I'm doing mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to be real with ourselves. And I think the the sad part or the bad part is, a lot of us don't want to be real with ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And then we enjoy carrying those demons or spirits or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know how we're going to be without them. I'd rather be broken than healed. Because mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm healed then that means I got to get rid of this or I can't do this anymore or I can't tell people these excuses. So be real yeah. yourself. Hold that mirror up and say, oh, girl, that's ugly about you. Or, ooh, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, I wonder why yeah. that trigger is right there. Well, that trigger is right there because you've been beat all your life. So anytime the man that really loves you lifts his hand, of course you're going duck mm-hmm. because that's what you know. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, and, and I think the important thing also, um, 
is that when we see red flags in relationships and other people, you don't sit there and play with them and just say, wave another one. No, you let that thing go. <laughs> because I know I know women, you know, where they thought the controllingness was a great thing, but then they end up dead. That's cute right now. Oh, girl, he love me because he's trying to control me or, you know, whatever the case. No, that's not cute. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's that there's that saying that says, and I don't know if I made it up or I, I heard it somewhere, but there's that saying that the one thing that makes me the one thing that makes me hate you. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, sometimes yeah, it true. happens like that because you think it's cute that he's so flamboyant I, I and he's flirting all the time. I know a young lady. Well, she's no longer with mm-hmm. us, but beautiful upper echelon. Her and her husband, they look like they they had it going on. But I noticed when I was around them, like certain things didn't add up, like how she's standing out the shower waiting to dry him off. I'm like, what? So I said to her, I said, girlfriend, we need to go out. So the husband... Mm-hmm. Oh no, did we lose her? You see a leash? Okay, there you go. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, I the call dropped for whatever reason, okay. but um, he would make her stand out the shower. And like dry him off every time And I was like is something wrong with his hands Or you know what's wrong with him And she was like no And I said to her I said girl we need to go out One day and the husband He put all Into calls like we couldn't even Communicate anymore But what I Mm. later found out By the news He killed her He couldn't control her no more So he killed her Mm. Oh, wow. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He's a youth pastor, and his parents are still in ministry. He just happened to get off because the mother works for the county. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. things like that. We have to be be careful who we attach ourselves to as women. As wow. bad as we want to be loved and and things like that, but when those red flags are waving, you you got to say, okay, mm-hmm. this is it. So learning Mm. to love yourself to me is the most important thing. And also part of that is looking in your mirror and getting healed in those areas that need to be healed. Yeah. Mm. And I think it works. Yeah. I'm a witness. And I think it's it's good that, uh, was that just Cotton that just said or Sharon? Sharon, yeah. Sharon. I'm sorry, Sharon, I think you make a very good point. Um, I think being able, that's one of the things we often talk about as therapists is when you see someone, you know, I think so so often we're afraid to approach people. Like you said, you made the effort to approach, you know, your, um, your, your friend about what was going on. But so often we're so afraid, and I think uh, historically in the African-American community, we're taught not to, get into other people's business, uh, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's very commendable that 
you know, that, you know, you would approach someone. I think we all should do that when we see, you know, our, you know, a friend or a family member. If something doesn't look quite right, it's probably not right. And I think it's so nice when we can actually, you know, move past our own discomfort in asking those questions. Uh, I think it's very important because, you know, we, we need each other to do that. We need each other to kind of say, hey, are you okay? You know, I think so often we don't want to do that, and I think it's good that we do. We always got to kind mm-hmm. of check in on people. Absolutely. Right, right. And also realizing that brokenness is a choice. So yeah. if, you, if you choose to stay in that state or if that person chooses to stay in that broken state, I don't care if y'all been married 60 years. I don't care if y'all got six kids. I don't care if he's been your boyfriend since high school if he, or she's been your girlfriend since high school. If they are making a choice to stay in that same position and not change and move forward, that's that sign. That's that red flag. That's the stop sign telling you that this is not going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, ladies, we also have to challenge other women and ask, why do you stay in this abusive relationship? Because I don't right. know if everyone identifies certain things with abuse. Another example, um, one of my little sisters, I call her, the the young man broke the dog's vocal cords. Next day, killed oh, the dog. Wow. And hmm. she stayed. And I didn't understand why. She eventually left, thank God. And she's struggling now, but she's, she's making it through. But I, I used to ask her, why, why are you here? Like, is the dick that good girl? You know, <laughs> weird. He can mm-hmm. knock you upside your head and, you know, and that's important, too. I think women, we get caught on sex. And not even that mm-hmm. healing because we're nurturing <laughs> and we got to nurture somebody. We have to heal people. You know what I'm saying? So we get caught up in sex, but we get caught up in feeling like we're the only ones that can heal them. But but wait a minute! I know plenty of women be like, "Girl, but that dick's so good, it's big." It's, I'm like, "Nigga, my teeth going upside your head. What? Like, it's other big dick out there. Like, stop it!" <laughs> and I don't know what it is with with women, and I'm gonna say all cultures of women where that thing just mesmerizes us. Maybe the therapist. Can you enlighten me? Well, I, I don't. I don't think that. I think that's like okay. on the on the surf on the surface. I think we mm-hmm. all got to be mindful of the messages that we are that we live with from our parents, from our aunts, from our uncles. You know, I think you you you, you kind of hold on to those messages and those dialogues that you've had. I recall, you know, and people. They, they they live by that. And so, you know, you have some older woman say, well, as long as he's paying the bills and he's, you know, coming up, you know, don't worry about all that other stuff, you know. And some people, if they've grown up to that message, you know, that's what they live by. So I, I think there's a number of things um that would cause a person to say, I'm not saying there's just one thing, but I feel like 
also that we have we also what we have to look at are the messages that we've grown up to. I remember, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, my, like, for instance, uh, my father-in-law, I love him to pieces, but, you know, he'll, like, I have a 19-year-old son, and he'll say, like, my son was going to the prom, and, you know, he was making some very, just, yeah, I, you know, just really inappropriate comments about the prom night. I mean, here is my 78-year-old father-in-law talking to my 18-year-old son, and I'm thinking, that's not the advice. <laughs> That I that, that I really want my 18 year old. Make sure you you know do this, you do that. And I, I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, you know, why is that where that is that the message you really want to communicate to him? And so mm-hmm. I really believe that it's all in the message. It's all in what you've been brought up on, and you hope when we sometimes hold true to what we've been brought up on. Now, now, I I have to say this. My daughter, if she listens to this, she'll probably kill me. But she called me one day. She was like, Mom, you know, I need $3,000. He wasn't paying the rent, yada, yada. I said, honey, I'm not fucking you. You need to go back to the source that's laying in your bed, and y'all need to work that out. And I said that because as as women... We need to handle our business. You don't live with somebody and, and allow them to be able to put you on the streets. And I think that as women, we allow too much control and don't know what's going on in our households. Uh. But you have to know. You have to know every detail about what's going on in your house. Mm-hmm. And I think we're yeah, afraid of that as well. We're afraid to make tough choices. You so know, and really even... Like you... Go ahead. Uh-huh. And even as parents, gonna... uh-huh. Uh-huh. we have to teach our children responsibility. This is what women do. You know, and I think especially now with the millennials, a lot of them don't have motherly training. Because in that generation, a lot of parents wanted to be their friends. So they don't know how to wash their ass and, you know, common stuff, basic stuff. Honey, your vagina Mm -hmm. shouldn't be smelling. I shouldn't smell you all the way from over there. Honey, why are your teeth so yellow? Why you got all that gook around your gums? We've been their friends, but not trained them. Uh-huh. So now someone has to come back and take the responsibility of making girls, grown girls, to women. Because they don't even know the basics, how to cook, how to boil uh-huh. their eggs, you know. So... That's just my 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 point. Mm-hmm. And, and not even to take care of a man, but those things to be able to take care of yourself, so you don't have Absolutely. to depend on anybody. Because you know, like Nika said, it goes back to the messaging. Like we we send out messaging that there's wrong with something wrong with independence. Your independence is a necessity for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. it's, it's a necessity. You have to be able to take care of yourself first and I think that we've been taught as women 
for so long that you have to give up everything for everybody. And if you do anything for yourself, it's selfish. Mm. But mm. we like to tell them that selfishness is self-care. You're caring for yourself. Yeah. And you have to care for yourself because it's like putting water in a cup. If that cup is half full and you got people taking tablespoons out, you don't have anything, nobody adding to that cup. Everybody is taken out. That's how you lose yourself because it's like you have nothing to give for you. But yep. the messaging that we give them, that 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 broadcasting that has been carried mm-hmm. down the line, is becoming a problem. The modeling right. also, it's like what what we say and what we model. It's just like, are we being intentional? This is Anika. Um, are we being intentional about what we want our kids to, uh, the messages that we want them to have? You know, I, I you know, sometimes I, met, I, as a therapist, I still miss it uh, because I'm human. So I sometimes have to go back and, you know, reface something because I've said it the wrong way because I wasn't being intentional in what I needed to say. And I think being intentional and mindful about, like, what you're trying to teach and what you want when your kids leave the house at 18 or when they're just not with you, um, you know, how do, what do you want them to, how do you want them to represent, you know, the family? So I think I'm always trying to be intentional. Myself and my husband, we're trying to be intentional about the messages, whether we're modeling it or whether we're vocalizing it. It doesn't mean we always get it right, but if you can recognize when you're getting it wrong and you can correct it, you know, because we have the ability to build up our children or tear them down. And um, and I think just being mindful of, you know, what the messages that we're trying to put out there for our kids. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. This is Tony. I just want to say that um, this, this panel tonight has been so uplifting and so, you know, mind it just gives you food for thought but the one thing that we hold in my household my husband and I for our kids we have three kids is being accountable for all your actions and not just them but my husband for his actions Mm -hmm. and for me is my actions as well we have to be accountable and be able to face Mm -hmm. whatever reaction is going to come from that and I think to Sharon's point of looking in the mirror and peeling off that mask and 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 being able to face yourself, you have to be accountable once you peel that mask off and face who you are. So it all boils down to accountability and and the way you see mm-hmm. it, you know. And I have mm-hmm. learned and, and and this panel, I mean, I wish we could just take another part too. I want to thank <laughs> you, ladies, because like I said earlier, everyone on this panel, at whatever point they are in their lives and in their relationships can take something away from it and we've all poured into each other and to take something away from that as well so I thank you yes I have truly enjoyed myself and I appreciate that um you invited me on your panel and like I think that was Anika speaking just speaking um that we all have, I've learned something. I can't speak for everybody else. I've learned something. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. to me, learning Likewise. is key. We can, we can, we cannot be too smart that we Absolutely. can never learn. So this was an excellent panel, everybody. I, I enjoyed you and what you offered that I can share with someone else. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, absolutely. we so appreciate you guys coming and kicking with us and just talk that talk. I think sometimes these things are important for us to have these conversations. Um, that's part of communicating just amongst ourselves um, to give self thought. A lot of times we don't we don't do mm-hmm. that. Um, we always like to do something a little fun here on Let's Chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit from what we normally do. So T is going to give you a fun question. Um, she always comes with good ones, y'all, good ones. So <laughs> I'm going to throw it back over to T. I'm excited because she always, she always comes up with people that's like, oh, I never thought about that. So I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, I I really, I mean, with the diversity on our panel tonight, Lisa, it's going to be a little hard. And like you say, we're going to have to do something different. But, again, ladies, we want to thank you for coming on tonight because, you know, time is precious, and especially on a Friday okay. evening. So we so appreciate you. But it's just going to be a light, fun uh, question for you, ladies. And um, I'm going to start with uh, Ms. Sharon because I am so interested in what she has to say about this. If you were a piece of candy, whether it be sweet, tart, or sour, what would you be and why? I would have to say that I would be caramel because of my oh. complexion, and I just stick all to you. <laughs> oh, girl, you better stop that talk. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like that question. I'm going to kick it over to, I was going to do something different, but I think I want to hear your piece of candy as well. So for who? For for Anika. You got a nice, I am not, I'm not that quick with those kind of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm a little little corny. I'm a little corny. I may have to say I passed because I'm a little corny. So I don't know. You saw how quick Sharon was with that piece of candy. Right? She was. She was on yeah, point. She was on point. Quick. She was. Oh, look, my husband, he's standing <laughs> right here. That is funny. <laughs> I got one for Anika. Anika, if okay. you were a, okay. if you were a color, in a crayon box, what color would you be and why? My gosh, um, I would be red because I'm hot and spicy. I don't know, guys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, I, I, I'm like, like blushy over here. That is so funny. <laughs> okay, you have been amazing tonight. You really, you, Lisa and I, so so appreciate you, and we must do this again. Because we have to pour into each other, you know, and just to try to make this world just a little bit better on our efforts because mm-hmm. one pour from each of us can just continue to fill up whatever glass needs to be filled. So we so appreciate you guys coming on the, in the chat room tonight. Oh, thank well, you Thank so you for having us. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate yes, you guys. Yes, yes. Every time I come up with something, I'm always dragging y'all on here. So I appreciate y'all always making the time to come on and, sh- and share your knowledge with us and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having us. 
Mm-hmm. So you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend and continue to pour and bless this world with, with all that we have to give. I know Man, that's right. I, look, I'm going to try my best. I, well, I, well, I'm going to say this. This weekend, I'm going to bless myself. And then maybe the next weekend, I'll bless somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, girl. You know what you're coming. By you being an influencer, you know, people like to say women, we bossy. No, we're influencers. So by you being an influencer, even with you blessing yourself, you're blessing somebody else in the process. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you guys. You guys have a great day. Okay. You guys have a good evening. Bye-bye. God bless one, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was fun, T. It was. It was. It was so, it it was just eye-opening. And like I said, everybody was able to take something and contribute something. That was just a powerful show. And we're going to have to do something like that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. If you are just tuning in and you missed the show, no worries. Just head over to our, our archives here on blogtalk.com. You can also catch us on iTunes. This actually should have been a mind, body, and soul segment that uh, we have on Spreaker. I may still put it on Spreaker. I wonder if it'll let me do that. It may not, um, but if it lets mm-hmm. me, that's what I'm going to do, put it on Spreaker Radio uh, so that mm-hmm. it can be on Spotify. But it may not let us because it Spreaker is really picky. It has to be exclusive, and it can't right. be aired anywhere else. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you guys. We will talk to you guys soon. Next week, we have one show next week. It's actually going to be a great show. Next week, we have Blue Marley back in the building. We have a uh, recording artist and uh, director and actor, Mickey J- Mikey J. Um hmm and Silk White. And, one. and Silk White, that's right. And right now. So we have a great show with the fellas next week. I'm excited because it's always a great show. We're going to have great music. Shout out to everybody that is sending us independent music. We appreciate you guys um, for coming and just sending us and sharing us, uh, sharing your music with us. We appreciate you guys. We will see you guys on next week. Good night. Good night, everybody.